Join the Geek Therapy Discord server and talk to cool people about cool things. You can join us at geektherapy.com slash discord. Welcome to Headshots, the gaming and psychology podcast on the Geek Therapy Network. This is officially our launch of season two. My name is Josue Cardona and with me is Lauren Keller. Hello. Today we're going to talk about escape rooms because... Lauren, you recently, I guess a couple months now, you had a birthday and you went and you went and did an escape room. I did. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, I had never been to one before and uh, last December was my 30th birthday and I told my friends I wanted them to take me to an escape room. That's what I wanted. I, I didn't need a big party or anything. I just wanted to go escape a room with my friends and they... <laughs> took me up to San Francisco and we went and did a like paranormal themed spooky escape the room and it was really fun and we had a blast and we won and it was awesome. So so what exactly is an escape room? So an escape room is a, a sort of puzzle game that you play inside of a physical space. It is based off of older video games, um, which I guess originally text-based adventures, but then later on uh, became more popular with point-and-click adventure games, but they, they were literally called Escape the Room games. Um, huh. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They oh. got really, really popular in like the late 90s, early 2000s when when everybody was making Flash games. Oh, yeah, um, but I, I mean, I, like I didn't think that the physical escape rooms were inspired by the digital ones. Yeah. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, so there, there was um, a real escape game in Japan in 2007 is, as uh, according to Wikipedia, the first one, and then it started getting popular in places across Europe. And then once that started getting popular, it came to San Francisco in 2012. And that's when it really started popping off where they they started showing up everywhere. I'm actually, I'm in Kauai right now. And this is the smallest of the Hawaiian islands that that people, uh, well, that white people are allowed to go to. (laughs) Um, But uh, they actually have an escape room. It's right down the street from where I am right now. And I was so excited. I haven't been to that one but i thought it was really cool that even here there are escape rooms now huh i really thought this was something older like if i would have seen an escape room in an old western (laughs) like (laughs) that i wouldn't be surprised like a new western like a movie set in in like many many decades ago uh i wouldn't be surprised to see something like that that is that is cool to know um yeah i've only played the digital ones i've never done a physical one and in preparation for this episode, I've been playing the latest in the Room series on nice. mobile. Yeah, I pretty. I think that's like the most popular Escape the Room game series now, at least yeah. on mobile. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. totally agree with that. I've played at least the first two, Room and the Room Two. Yeah, um, this one is technically the fifth one. I damn. think it's called Old Sins, and it is so complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated and it has a supernatural element so there's there's nothing very realistic about about this one in particular 
Yeah. Like I'm using this supernatural lens to basically shrink and go into this dollhouse. And within the dollhouse, it has multiple rooms and the rooms are connected to each other. It's like I find one piece in one room that helps me unlock something in the other room. And it's super complicated. But as I was playing the whole time, I was thinking like, man, how would this translate into uh, physical? There've been I've had a few opportunities to do an escape room, but I've never, I've never actually done it. So many regrets. So, but but it's such a cool topic. I mean, I'm again, I can't believe that it's as new as it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really cool, and I think, like, I mean, I enjoy playing the you know the mobile games and and PC games. Point and click adventures are are fun. Uh, I love solving puzzles, so it's enjoyable for me. But there is something really, really special about doing it in physical space with other people. Adding that cooperative element is so awesome. It makes it so much fun. And, you know, when you when you figure it out and you get that, like, really powerful aha moment, like, I feel like it's totally multiplied when you have a bunch of people because you're not getting the aha moment just for yourself. Every time somebody in the group figures something out, you get that like elation of like, hell yeah, we're one step closer. We're we're figuring it out. We're solving problems. It's really exciting. I think the closest I've come to that is talk and nobody explodes. Yes. Yes. That actually, I feel like that counts as, I mean... The game doesn't frame it as you are trying to escape the room, but like you can't leave until you solve the bomb, right? So yeah, it, kind yeah. of, it kind of is an escape the room. Yeah, and they're giving you clues, and and you're connected, but you're not connected, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 a cool experience, but it's so satisfying. Even in in the room mobile game that I'm playing right now, when you unlock something and you hear like a click, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking in. Uh, in a video game like Destiny, right, where you see engrams floating, right? It's like it's like you do something and all of a sudden there's this colorful orb. Like you have this prize. I can't imagine what that feels like in a physical space. Like what, what was it like when you unlock something or, or did something and you had like a physical thing with you that you could use for something else? What was, what was that like? So in the in the first Escape the Room I went to, one of the puzzles we had to... It's difficult to to describe because a lot of the puzzles feed into each other, so it's weird to just talk about one puzzle. But there was um, uh, a picture on the wall that gave us clues on how to open a cabinet. Um, it's like a glass front cabinet that was locked shut. And from the front of the cabinet, uh, uh, two on each side and then one on the, the bottom of it were uh, electronic candles that were lit and you had to literally blow them out in the right order to get all of the candles to go out and stay out and then oh, once man. we did that <laughs> the the door unlocked and then it opened and we could actually you know touch the stuff inside and inside what were um these uh stencils of handprints for th- three sets of hands and a a black light shining down onto them. And so you had to put your hands in there. And once everybody was was touching it, it turned on something else on the other side of the room. We were in a group of seven people. And so it's like you had the three people standing there and then somebody's over on the other side of the room figuring out what just t- turned on or opened up. And, and then there ended up being like a Ouija board esque piece to that, so it's like when you when we had our hands in there, the Ouija board thing started moving, and it spelled out the code that opened up a padlock. It's just 
really exciting. And because there was like multiple people involved and and some of us had to stay in one place while the other people went and investigated, it did a really good job of making sure that we were all participating. Um, because I, I can see how if you aren't super careful about how you're designing it, you might end up with like one person figures out everything and everybody else is just sort of standing around like, why am I even here? <laughs> but this game was really good at making sure like, you know, if you opened this thing, like you have to hold on to the thing while something else in the room, you know, opens or moves or reveals something is, is really cool. Oh, it sounds like you, you were living uh, an, an Indiana Jones movie or something like that. Oh, sounds yeah, so cool. kind of. <laughs> it's good. Temple of Doom stuff. <laughs> there was a, the, a really funny part is we had um, a computer that you could, like the, the screen was set up, but there wasn't a mouse. And it turned out that the mouse was in like around a corner. So you couldn't use the mouse and see the screen. So we had to communicate <laughs> with each other to do it. But the, the funny part was, is that where the mouse was hidden was inside of this dark hole you had to just reach into. And they <laughs> they glued fur to it. <laughs> so it's like you reach in and touch something furry and you're like, oh my God, it's a real mouse. And then I'm like, no, wait, we need a mouse. And they're like, oh shit. The reveal of, uh, that was fun. And learning who is good at communicating, um, how to like, okay, move up like just a little bit higher and then left click on the the folder so you can open it. (laughs) We we need to get to the properties. Oh, God. Okay, a little bit, a little little bit down, just a little bit too far, a little bit up. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So in, in regarding having people be involved, how many people went in the room with you? And, and this particular one, like, what was the number of people that, that could be in the room? Was there a minimum and a maximum? They usually have, like, a a set amount of people for the room. Um, and I know some – I've only been to the two places, and both places were fine with us having a slightly smaller group than the intended number. But I know some places – will like if you are three people they'll they'll get another group and just pair you with another group which i think can be kind of cool in that you're having an experience with strangers that you normally Mm -hmm. wouldn't have but i think also it can be kind of awkward because you're if you don't know the people and you don't necessarily know how to communicate with them or how to um problem solve in a way that doesn't make people feel bad uh so I i definitely enjoyed going you know with my my close group of friends um the same thing for the second one. We had a, a same-sized group, pretty much, uh, seven, seven, eight people. Well, that's a lot. Um, of but I know, I know that there are rooms that are, you know, smaller or larger. Like um, the second escape the room I did in Santa Cruz is the we did the bigger one, but they had a two-person escape room. Huh. Um, but I think most of the ones I see are usually like six to ten people are intended to play it. I think that's usually what they play test it with. Huh. Ten people sounds like th- there's definitely people who, who will not have something to do in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think for these ones is like it's when you've got one big room or you have multiple rooms that are connected to each other. And you have like several puzzles going on at once. So it's like if it's if it's designed where it's like 
you are introduced to puzzle A and you solve puzzle A, which gives you the clue to puzzle B. So you can solve puzzle B, which gives you the clue to puzzle C. It's like some rooms are set up like that, but some of them have like, you know, there are three or four things you can interact with immediately and they'll reveal some keys that you don't know what they go to yet. And you'll, you know, figure that out later or they give you like scraps of clues. And so it's like you have one or two people working on each part of it, trying to gather all of the scraps of clues to reassemble them. Um, and I mean, it, it also works out where it's like some of the puzzles are, you know, big, like it'll be uh, a code posted on the wall and it's big and everybody can sort of see it at the same time. But then sometimes it's like, you know, you're trying to read a clue on a tiny piece of paper and it's like you can't get everybody all squished up together. So... Uh, it makes it so you actually have to communicate what you're, what you are figuring out, and it's 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 pretty cool. Now imagine you run into a like a brand new space. I guess if you have ten people, like everybody can move around and and search to to get things started. If you had mm-hmm. less people, it might take too long to even find the first clues. Yeah, that's usually why they have like a a minimum thing where it's yeah. like there's just. Yeah, we, we don't doubt that you can figure this out. It's just you're not going to be able to do it in an hour with only, you know, three people. You need six people. Um, so in the ones that you did, how does the time work? Is there a clock that you can see that's counting down? Or yeah, you the, kinda, uh-huh. the first one had a clock that, that was counting down that we could actually reference, though. It was the, the timer was in the first room. And so when we opened the second room, we weren't watching the, the timer as much. But we still finished... Um, I think we had like 12 minutes to go. So we we, we finished with a, a good amount of time. Uh, the second one did not have a clock, but the game runner told us when we were at the 15-minute, half-hour, 45-minute mark. Uh, though we also finished that one with like 15 minutes to spare. I was very proud of that. <laughs> it's It's cool because a lot of the businesses will as part of their marketing be all like only half of people ever actually figure out how to escape from this room it's expert level difficulty bust your brains it's gonna be so hard and so when you do beat that it's like hell yeah i'm so smart yeah (laughs) i have smart friends we're unstoppable we can solve any problem in the world bring it (laughs) Um, you mentioned the showrunner, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the people who are running uh, the the rooms. Is there someone else in the room with you, or is like is it is it like creepy? Can you see cameras? Are they watching? Like, what's going um, on in, in terms I of think supervision? That, yeah, the first place we went to um, was definitely like they had a, a bigger budget than the the second escape the room I did. Um, so the first one they had. A double-sided mirror that somebody was watching into one of the rooms we were in um, and then we had like a walkie-talkie I don't think that they had like actual cameras set up inside for the second one I think that they had they had some cameras set up because it was one really big room and so there was like lots of space up high that they could put cameras and look down from I think they also had a double-sided window in that room uh, though, honestly, they probably are mostly just watching to make sure you don't 
start breaking stuff that's yeah, like yeah. like they they do like a rundown of the rules before you go in and it's always like hey please don't smash our furniture please don't <laughs> if you see a hole in the wall with wires it's because we've wired something there that's not a clue please don't tear out our wiring <laughs> they end up putting like stickers on stuff where it's like not part of the game do not touch <laughs> Don't oh it's not supposed to open. Like one there was one drawer that was like uh like padlocked shut that you're supposed to find the key to open and then there's like a different type of padlock they were using for something else where they're like, This is not part of the game. It's just locked. It's just regular <laughs> locked, not game locked. <laughs> What's the bathroom situation? Um, so by law at least in California, I don't know about other states, but they can't actually like lock you in. So I think how they set it up for the first one is we went in one door and they locked, quote, locked that. Um, it wasn't actually locked, but the the winning exit door was a different, uh, a door in a different room. So gotcha. you could you okay. could leave to go to the bathroom, though you're only in there for an hour or so. It wasn't that scary that we were like, oh, we got to pee. Um, (laughs) It's just like, uh, they made it so it's like, if you you guys leave out of this first door, then that counts as like giving up. And the win state is going through this other door that counts as the real exit door. Gotcha. Um, And then in the the second escape room I did, they they just had the one room into the room and out of the room. And it wasn't locked because, you know, if somebody needed to use the bathroom or whatever, they made it so that the win state was you had to, um, everybody in the group had to say the, the magic words. It would, it was Cthulhu themed. So we ended up saying the like Cthulhu chant, um, (laughs) and then opening the door. And that counts as the win, the win state. I think one of the reasons why, I'm surprised that these games are so new is because it also sounds like a Nickelodeon game show from the 80s or 90s. I mean, yeah, I, I remember um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, oh, there's a British one. It's like the Crystal crystal something. I remember a few. I mean, Hidden Temple, I actually watched some episodes recently. Oh, yeah. I, I loved Hidden Temple when I was a kid. I, it was like I would yell at the TV, at the, yeah. the poor kids trying to assemble the silver monkey. And I'm like, you idiots, how could you possibly get a three-piece puzzle wrong? Like, how could – it turns out I read a, on Reddit an AMA by somebody who had participated in that game. And it turns out the reason why everybody struggled with that is that the poles that slid into the the thing were super long for little kids. And so it was was just unwieldy. It wasn't that they didn't know how to assemble it. It made me feel a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and watching it as an adult, like I can I can see that. There, there's like a producer waiting for for the kids to do something, and then then they cue that, and then just tell the person standing behind the wall to like open the door or mm-hmm. push the wall. Thing. Like it's very, there wasn't anything uh, very automatic, right? Everything was very um, choreographed, yeah. and and there was manual labor involved. <laughs> in those. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, but it feels like uh, like something from my childhood. So I mean, so I'm excited to do one. Um, 
for for those very reasons because it seems like it's like oh it's like I'm playing Indiana Jones I'm I'm in an uncharted game I'm I'm back in you know I never got to go to the hidden temple but maybe you know this is something similar so I'm I'm curious why did you want to do that for your birthday I wanted to do it because it's something I had been you know seeing people talk about and reading about and um I already liked you know puzzle games and and escape the room video games it's like I already enjoyed all of those and so I was just I really wanted to have that experience of getting to do it with my friends yeah it was it was really really cool I highly recommend it like I mean I definitely enjoyed it more because I was with my friends but I think I think I would have had a really fun time even if I was with strangers I think I still would have had a total blast (laughs) neither of us watched the the new escape room movie that, that came out but I really wanted no, to I still I do I want to yeah. watch it too <laughs> <laughs> but definitely um, it's a trend now right like like you said like there there's one down the street from where you are right now yeah yeah they, it me. totally blew up and, and I mean part of it is it's an investment for whoever designs it and builds it like you have to you know build the pieces and if you get you know, you can make it really easy where all of the puzzles are just, you know, logic puzzles, number puzzles, color matching puzzles where you don't need any electronics or anything, but you can very easily add in, you know, padlocks and um, things where, uh, you know, motion sensors and fog machines and stuff like that. Uh, A sound system that plays spooky noises at just the right time. Like you can, you can throw a lot more technology into it and make it expensive, but it's not necessary. You can build an escape room for, you know, a couple of thousand bucks. And then if you have people are paying like 25 to $30 a person and you have groups of eight, it's like you can recoup that money pretty quickly. And I know that they're marketing it as uh, like team building exercises for corporate <laughs> stuff like that. So uh, I, I bet it's a pretty, pretty lucrative business. So there's there's a reason why it's getting popular from the player end. But it's also there's also a reason why it's getting popular on the end of, uh, you know, people making these these rooms. I think we'll definitely be talking a lot more in the future about these physical versions of of digital games that are popular i think mm-hmm. i think that's a, a bigger overall trend but man i can't i'm jealous i definitely want to do one and I'll, I'll report back when i do yeah so like i said at the top of the show this is season two so we're going to do things a little bit different you heard different intro music and the format is uh, is going to change just a, just a little we're going to do some things uh that are that, that we think are kind of cool, including we're going to look at some research articles that came out um, on whatever topic that we're talking about. That's the plan. And so we have one today and we're going to uh, take a quick break. And then right after the break, we will come back with our uh, new research article format. We don't have a name for the segment yet. Do we? Did we come up with the <laughs> not, one? Nah, not really. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to make one up. Yeah. Please send your suggestions to us. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Consider this your invitation to Geek Therapy's Discord server. We've got channels for probably too many things, but it's great and we'd love to have you there. Go to geektherapy.com discord to join and chat about games and other stuff you care about. Again, get your invite at geektherapy.com discord. All right, and we're back. 
And uh, Lauren, you found a pretty cool article uh, called The Impact on Nursing Students' Opinions and Motivations of Using a Nursing Escape Room as a Teaching Game, colon, a Descriptive Study. This is out of the University of Granada in Spain. And holy shit, this is really cool. So my understanding is that a nursing program in Spain decided to use an escape room as what was it was it was it a test or was it more of a just a just an exercise it seems like it was intended to basically assess how well the nurses were learning stuff so i don't know that it was like straight up like this is your test grade and you need to do well on it so much as like hey if we teach you this stuff, are you taking it in? If we make it fun and playful, will you take it in even better? Question mark. Yeah. The yeah, answer cause... to that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, we looked at another article and that one seemed to be uh, like a, a test. Um, mm-hmm. But this one seems more like, again, like a, like a classroom activity to reinforce learning, but not necessarily mm-hmm. a graded exam. Like if, if students didn't, escape the room, I don't think that they got a bad grade, right? I think it was just, again, an exercise. And yeah. this particular one was for second-year students in, in a nursing program, and 105 students, so 21 teams of five, did this. And w- what was it like? The escape room game was called the Florence Nightingale Code, and the player's objective was to locate a falsified document that claimed that Florence Nightingale and Virginia Henderson were not nurses, with the final objective of saving the nursing profession. Uh, And then they have a YouTube video that that sort of shows a little bit of the game. But um, they're intending to, like, assess nursing knowledge So, yeah, they had the room set up to be, you know, like what a nursing environment would be. They had, like, surgical attire and an electrocardiogram and, I guess, a character, player character was, you know, in in a bed. Yeah, so so the, like, the the ones I, the escape the rooms I did were all themed, like, fantastically, you know, ghosts and and exorcisms and... uh, insane asylums and that kind of stuff this is very much based in like the environment in which they're actually going to be working so um i'm sure it looked a lot like you know whatever teaching hospital was there i mean they may have even used rooms that were already set up so in the YouTube video, what they showed was that they just repurposed the classroom. So you actually mm-hmm. see the desks in the middle and then there's equipment and, and stuff all the way around. And I like the narrative of it. Like there's this mystery and you have to you have to save the entire nursing profession. And how are you going to do that? <laughs> right. And then some of the puzzles were I remember one of them from the article said that they had to get someone's heart heart rate. And then the number that came up on the machine, that was the code for the for the lock. And that yeah. gave them some other information. And at the end, they, they unlocked something. I forgot what it was, but they, they got a key to unlock the door that, of the room that they were in to get out. And it, it took about, I think every team that completed it did it in under 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing 30 minutes was like the limit, maybe. Yeah, it was a 30-minute game. Yeah, yeah. It looked like they were having so much fun. 
And the way that they measured the experience was at the end, they gave every student a questionnaire, had five questions, and they were mm-hmm. uh, playing the game. It was, uh, you know, on a Likert scale, one to five, they had to rate, give a rating for the following uh, statements. Playing the game helped me learn the subject. I enjoyed playing the game. I think the game will help me in the exam. I remembered and applied subject knowledge during the game. There should be more games of this type in nursing studies. And the game has motivated me to further study, although the exam is still six weeks away. So, yeah, they were definitely more focused on the idea of whether or not these nursing students would respond positively to having that kind of experience than they were of, like, studying how specifically effective it was at teaching them. Since it seems more like it wasn't a teaching, it was uh, assessing how well they had already learned the stuff that they were supposed to learn. Yeah. I, I, I guess I would word it more as, uh, again, like reinforcing the yeah. The, yeah. the learning, um, which is which should be the goal of, of tests. Yeah. Um, one quote from the article, it says that, uh, I think it was under the conclusions, it was, the planning and preparation of the escape room requires a considerable time to devise and interconnect <laughs> the tests involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're putting all of that work and effort into a 30-minute activity, which, I mean, then becomes a 30-minute 30 times 21 activity, right? Because yeah, you're, plus, you're administering plus time it. to set up. 15 minutes to set up, they said, yeah. Yeah, because so, you, know, you have to put all of the pieces back and relock yeah. the locks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, one really cool thing that they did was to motivate people from not cheating they made it so that whoever, like, you got a bonus for completing it the fastest. So that discouraged students from sharing the answers with other teams that were still yep. upcoming so that they <laughs> wouldn't know sooner and they wouldn't get a higher grade. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So they, they did get a grade now that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got, I think it was out of, like, five points or whatever. It's like yeah. they would get. Well, they got credit. So, they got credit yeah, for it. They got, they yeah. got credit for it. Um, Which is pretty cool. I mean, I, I love this idea because um, I've done game-based learning. I've designed courses around this. I've, I've designed activities, and I, it never occurred to me to do something that elaborate. And I don't know. I just, I just think that's so cool. You know, and it's, it's, it's at yeah. the university level. You know, a lot of game-based learning um, literature is, is in K through 12, but this is, this is <laughs> it sounds so cool. Again, and I'm so glad that they documented some of it in the video because – the kids look like and the kids the students look like they're having a ball it's it's it looked great yeah and i'm you know it it does require a lot of uh labor on the part of whoever is designing and setting it up but i do think that there is something especially in nursing there is something really really important about practicing these skills as a team where you you need to be able to depend on your coworkers and you need to be able to communicate effectively with them during like high stress times. Um, and so having this sort of like it's low stakes because it's a game, but um, because there's the time limit and because there's a grade associated with it, it's like there there are stakes and you want to do well and you know that working together is how you're going to succeed. And I think that is like it's like, yeah, it's important for you to know as a nurse how to like check someone's heart rate but it's also important for you to know how to communicate to your your team i just think that that's like a really 
really excellent benefit for something like this. Like you can't really have that same teamwork building uh, in other other tests and assessment types. You don't really get that same teamwork aspect. That's a cool thing about about game based learning that you can you can do multiple things at one time, or you can you know reinforce different types of learning at one time and the social component is 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 huge in, mm-hmm. in games like this and in this particular one right teamwork like that oh that's super important so and yeah like it's one of those things where um group projects or, or group activities many times i i would also try to frame them in a way that showed my students like you know what probably you won't be alone you know in the real world when you're in yeah. a situation like this you're gonna have to depend on other people you're gonna have to depend on other resources and sometimes those resources are people yeah i don't think this was the case in the escape room but i can't i think this happens organically right that you could create an activity where you give each student a piece of the puzzle and then have them come together to to make it in this case I'm assuming that that would happen, right? They, they they run into the room. They're all looking for pieces, and now they each have something that yeah. uh, is 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 part of the the whole. Yeah, you know, as, as I think about just school in general, and it's like how how much time they spend. Yeah, I I hated group projects because well, because social loafing. You get the the one person who's like, I don't have to do anything because it's a group project, and the group will take care of it. And I'm just not gonna put any effort in and the try hard will do all of it and I was usually the try hard so uh, (laughs) it's like I hated that but if if it had been stuff like this where where you are interacting in the moment you are puzzle solving together the the teamwork is necessary and the communication is necessary and it's like intrinsically engaging like people want to participate in the the puzzle solving more than like sitting around at the library all reading from the encyclopedia or whatever is like it's not <laughs> this is this is so much more engaging and i think that having that positive engaging experience with your your team members even if you don't end up like working with those people in the future in your career like having that positive experience makes it easier to to connect to people in the future especially when you're in you know a high stress environment where you know people are sick and and need help or are dying and it's like you need to you need to move fast and and communicate what needs to happen to the person who needs to know and and know who that is and and all of these you know really intricate steps that are really hard to practice in like a school setting but if you put it in a game like this it makes it a lot easier to practice that stuff one thing that hasn't changed in the show, or I don't think will ever change, is uh, frequent mentions of Jay McGonagall's uh, books. Hell so, yeah! <laughs> and reality is broken, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. It's about yes. uh, yeah, we do things in the real world, and there are examples in games that allow us to do it better. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a nursing school, it's a nursing program, and, and a million other technical or, or even medical uh, programs. You do simulations. There are all these things, but a simulation is not the same thing as a game, right? And in in this sense, you know, it's game based learning. So it's mm-hmm. not just a simulation. There are all the elements of an escape room, right? Maybe definitely not the production value uh, <laughs> of some of the escape rooms that that exist out there, but the the elements that make those things interesting and engaging and 
know, like how often would you leave a school activity and think, man, I want to do that again, or I'd like to beat my time, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure students came out of there <laughs> thinking that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> I'm just like, what else can we, what else can we teach to people? <laughs> More educational escape rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a good question for, for for us. Like, if you were to design uh, an escape room, whether it were educational or, or not, what type of room? Do you have any ideas? What what would you make? Mm. What would you like to see? Oh gosh, I, I mean, they made a Legend of Zelda themed escape room, like actual Nintendo. Uh, it sold out immediately, but like, I I want to play that. I just want to play. I want to do Zelda dungeons could you imagine having to play songs on your ocarina (laughs) yes oh my god and that unlocks a master sword and then like oh man find the three pieces of the triforce oh (laughs) oh my god yes yeah yeah i i would love to do i really like sort of the idea of having like a library themed puzzle where it's like you're in a library and you need I guess it would be like educational for like media literacy where it's like learning how to find the right information in a library that you need to access but having puzzles set up where it's like you need to find the certain books and when you open the books they reveal parts of a a clue and then you have to rearrange the clue to reveal a different book and then you open that book and there's a key inside and That would be so cool. Maybe I just want to hang out in libraries more. Maybe that's what I'm revealing to myself. (laughs) Maybe. So many books are going to be like cut out in the middle to hide stuff. Yes. Poor books. (laughs) I've played some some VR games that have uh, elements of Escape the Room puzzles. You know, definitely puzzles where you're moving one thing, you're finding something else. And Mm -hmm. so even even this, uh, the room game that I'm playing right now on my phone I would love to play it in VR. This one in particular where you're like shrinking and going into another room and it's really spooky and and it's kind of scary. I would love something like that to have more, like to have a multiplayer component because as much as I love the idea of going to a physical location, it feels like it's prohibitively expensive to do that all the time. And in some cases, you just don't have them nearby. So to have more digital versions of those and have them be co-op and have them be... I guess they don't have to be VR, but to have them be... So I guess, first of all, I want more co-op uh, puzzle games that are like that that you can play online. So like, yeah. so, Because we are super far away from each other right now, and it would be cool yeah, to, to have... Yeah, I want to play it. with you. <laughs> I, wanted to, I would love to do a VR escape room with, with friends that I don't live nearby. That would be dope as hell. <laughs> Even the first game that we played together, right, which was Tomb Raider and the Curse of Osiris, I think. Mm-hmm. That was full of puzzles, right? Where one of us had to like, hold one lever and the other one had yeah. to swing a thing. And, and that, was, that was practically how we met, right? <laughs> and that, was, yeah. that was a really cool experience to, to, to have something that's way more immersive and have that, that tension of the, of the time limit. And maybe even it's very common now for games to be procedurally generated, right? So to have escape room game that has lots of puzzles and pieces that can be so you go in and a lot of the pieces are randomized, right? So they connect to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because like as fun as the f- like physical space escape rooms are, there's not really any replayability. Like you can go in and try and like beat your time, I guess. But it's like once you know all of the puzzles and you know where all of the pieces are, like the fun is kind of gone. Yeah. So it's like you don't, you, you go back and hope that that place has created new 
room themes, um, or you go to different different companies and play their games instead. So definitely having it be VR, it would be so much easier to create new new rooms or like you said procedurally generate parts of it so there's still like a freshness to it like um uh keep talking and nobody explodes right yeah. it's like they have you know there, there's almost always a a wire puzzle but the wire puzzle is a little bit different every time yep and there's like five or six different types of puzzles and every time they're in a different combination yeah it's going from one to the other but yeah that would be cool that would definitely make it easier to to replay or it's like, you know, I could play it with, you know, one friend who lives you know on the East Coast and we do the VR escape room together. And then like next week I'm like, oh, hey, you you live in Puerto Rico like you and I can play it now. It's like it wouldn't be me basically solving all of the puzzles because I had already done it once, you know? Yeah. yeah. And adjusting difficulty too, right? Like if yeah. like you're playing with someone and it's like you keep losing, you know, you can lower it a little, get that get that good feeling of, of beating the puzzle yeah. and, then, and then go to the you know, next difficulty. <laughs> I'm thinking of like a bunch of horror games that have the uh, the item shimmer where it's like things that you can interact glow. Yeah. yeah. So you you don't miss like guns and ammo and health drinks and stuff. It's like yeah. you turn you can toggle that on in in the VR escape the room is like the the interactable stuff will have a shimmer to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing that's uh, pretty cool in in some VR experiences, right? There are physical VR experiences that you can go to that combine the VR with a physical space. So the VR is basically an overlay on top of the physical environment. So you're not just, so you actually have some physical feedback. So more of that. I mean, again, we're talking about something that now it's getting prohibitively expensive again and too hard to reach. (laughs) Yeah. But that would be, that'll be, you know, I'd like to do some of those because again, it's, it's way easier. I'm assuming, right. That if someone makes a platform for that and I, I'm the owner of a space then it would be way easier to reskin or repurpose that place where I'm just moving boxes around, maybe a few drawers, and then... I mean, you could have it, like, like be an AR thing where it's like you have three or four pieces of furniture that are physical, and then you project, like, themed buttons, have it look like a spaceship or a haunted mansion, and it's like the furniture uh, pieces would always be the same, but you would be... yeah. Yeah. AR putting different types of interactables on top of them. That would be really cool and yeah. not quite as expensive as completely building VR space. Well, yeah, AR takes it to a whole other level because then like your favorite chair suddenly has uh, a keypad on the cushion and mm-hmm. then a wall suddenly has a window that opens up and has something behind it like there at that point <laughs> as long as you have surfaces the you know with ar and mixed reality you could you could really do something cool in any space yeah that's way that yep that's way better <laughs> that's way better <laughs> sounds pretty awesome so again with the trend of escape rooms you know people have to be working on on this stuff constantly and and in many ways the the best examples of of ar and and mixed reality that we've seen just do stuff like that, have those components. And I think that an escape the room model would just makes a lot of sense because then it's, it is just puzzles, right? And then connecting one puzzle to another. And yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, one, one idea that I did have for an escape room that was educational is that I've wanted for years 
to have a game, and it could be any game. I I, I figured something like Mass Effect, for example, where you would visit um, different planets and they would have different languages. But what if the languages were real languages? So, and not made up languages, right? So like you're learning French. And so you set the setting so that, you know, everyone from Mars is, you know, speaking French. So it can, it can become a puzzle in itself and that you're kind of picking up on the language and the better, you know, the language, the more you can understand and unlock information for those uh, people. I mean, if you, if you played No Man's Sky, part of the game is that you're constantly unlocking these three languages from three alien races. And you do that by finding these like totems and then each totem teaches you a word. So as you progress through the game, you're building vocabulary. So every time you meet someone from these cultures, you understand a little bit more of what they say. And it's easier for you to respond to them because you always have interactions with them. And at the beginning, you're just guessing. You have no idea. And as the game progresses, <laughs> I you hope know, I didn't say anything rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that happens. Uh, sometimes you answer and they... It, that's the reaction. It's like, oh, this person was offended by your response. They will not sell to oh, you no. now. Yeah. So as you keep uh, building vocabulary, you learn more. And sometimes you only have half the sentence and you're kind of guessing based on the alien's demeanor and and the and and you know the, the gaps, like the context of the conversation. But yeah. imagine just using real languages for, for something like that, like in, a, in an MMO or, or just a big uh, RPG-like uh, Mass Effect. That would be. I, I like that idea a lot, Josue. It's reminding me of um, the recent episode of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. uh, and their their translators go on the fritz, and yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. everybody is speaking different languages, but you know some of them speak multiple languages, so they can sort of understand each other, but not that other person. <laughs> Nobody's making fun of Saru now for knowing 94 languages, huh? No, he's he's amazing. He's my favorite. I love him. Uh, but yeah, like having um, an escape the room game where it's like you could have players have different, you know, speaking different languages and trying to communicate with each other across that language barrier yeah, would be yeah. really interesting and also would increase your vocabulary of that language. I mean, you could probably pull that off in places like, I don't know, in tourist locations, right? So it's like people sign up and you're like, okay, we have people who speak three different languages and we'll give them kind of like the manual and keep talking and nobody exposed, right? But then yeah. you give each person a different one and then you allow them, oh man, we figured it I out. Wonder, we did it. I wonder if that's already kind of a thing because I know escape rooms are, are pretty big over in Europe and there are you know lots of different languages. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and lots of people are multilingual. So I wonder if there already exists an escape the room that is built around like, hey, we expect half of you to like speak French and half of you to not speak French. And we're going to have that be part of the puzzle. I'm like, yeah. ooh, ooh, that'd be oh, pretty man. cool. Yeah, like a Rosetta Stone themed thing. Oh, man. Oh, Tower of Babel. I don't want to tune our own horn, but I'm very impressed by our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> now we just have to come up with like actually good puzzles and not just cool themes. <laughs> yeah, we will contract that part out. We did. We got yeah. the broad strokes. Yeah. <laughs> Get some game design students to help us out. Absolutely. We'll give them course credit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so we did it. Headshots is back. And Woo. I mean, we've we've got lots of ideas for for future episodes. We'll keep coming back every other week with with new episodes, looking at uh, games and how they make us feel and what they make us think. And so I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
If you want to hear more episodes of Headshots, you can visit headshotspodcast.com. If you want to join all sorts of conversations about uh, games and other stuff, you can join the Geek Therapy Discord at geektherapy.com slash discord. And if you want to watch us play some games, I was my plan is to play games close to the release of episodes that are related to the episodes. So mm-hmm. just to, to have something there. So I'm, I might do some The Room uh, on the stream a little bit. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can we can do something like that uh, soon. And uh, that would be on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. We stream two or three times a week, every single week. So come and hang out and say hi. I want to hear about... Uh if anybody else has done an escape room, what their experience was and what the theme was and how much fun they had. I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear your escape room stories uh, and not just physical spaces. If you had a really good experience playing a, you know, point and click escape room game, like I want to hear that story too. And the best way to tell us about that is on our forums at uh, forum.geektherapy.com where every single episode of Headshots is a topic on the forum and and we'd love to hear from you and uh i don't know do you agree that we have good ideas (laughs) if you disagree don't tell us that (laughs) yeah no not that not that not that all right thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in two weeks